Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive of rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What time is it? Time for the weekly dinner. I want fries on my pizza, the rabbit and tortilla, barbecue from Korea. Yeah, it's a good idea. Welcome to the Weekly Dish with Stephanie Hansen. That's me. And my friend Stephanie March. That's her. That's me. And sometimes you get us confused, but not recently. No, not lately. How about know. a weather report, girlfriend? Because uh, my weather report top is 10. Top, top 10. ten weekend kiddos. And I'm wearing a cute sweater because it's chilly, but it it's is. still it's got gloriously that sunny. Lovely little nip to the day. This is... is the spring days that like I I long for, and then right. we kind of went right to eighty. So I hate to complain. I am complaining, and I don't mean. Well, to. we're going to be eighty on Monday. It sounds like, but for the whole weekend, it looks like it's just going to be one of those spectacularly low humidity, not. You know, thick of the, especially after this chunky air, we had to cut a slice of to breathe this last week. Okay. I really was like, okay, you know, I real, I'm just going to say officially I have allergies. Yeah. Okay. Because I've been thinking I haven't for 10 years and have you really, you keep saying, Stephanie, you probably have allergies allergies. like Stephanie. I now take an allergy pill. But even that, like with the smoky air, and it yeah. was worse up north. Well, the yeah, the fires up north really caused that in Canada, Saskatchewan in yeah. particular. In uh, but it, yeah, we did have a little, um, you know, Blade Runner esque kind of uh, twenty forty nine moment yeah. out here. It was really, it was really crazy. But well, and it was really bad up north. And then I came home, and it was better. And then the next day, the bad had gotten here too, and yeah. I was like. Was trying to play pickleball and breathe. It was not great. No, but that's all gone. It moved out, and we are left with what looks like to be a crystal clear day. And uh, Jason would say, "Crystal Carrington clear." Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm just and because of course it is Art World, and this is like oh, the biggest, yes. you know, the largest art crawl in the country happens this weekend it is it's the largest in the country that's Uh so great yeah that's what they say you know they if you here's what i want to tell you 
Because I think people have this sense of like that the art of world is in one place and it's so crowded. <laughs> oh my God, and no. Really, you guys, it's almost everywhere from in Northeast. Yeah. Generally. And it's sort of the idea, though, importantly, that it's spread out for a reason because all of the things, because you, you want, they want you to go visit. They haven't done this thing where they bring all the arts to one space and jam everybody into booths. This is people in their own studios. And so you can go. My favorite is the Northrop King building. That's the Mm -hmm. one I love the most. And I usually go there if I can only hit one. I go to Northrop King because there's good parking. I like the Casket Arts building. That's my second. But um, you can park there and then you can just wander from studio to studio. And everyone's just like, hey, you can look at art. You can you don't feel pressured to buy it. There's some spectacularly big, beautiful pieces for lots of money. And then there's like. My favorite necklace I bought last year yep. was from this little woman artisan. And I was like, this is great. There will be art in the Quincy building. Mm-hmm. There will be art over. California building. Uh, indeed, we'll have events. Bauhaus is Gap. having a right. huge event. The, so the Quincy Street is kind of, you know, one of those like central moments of fun, right? You have Indeed Brewing has their big whirly gig, three day food, music, live bands, concert, free for everybody. Just go walk up. Uh, they've got Red Cow. They've got Revival Smoked Meats there. They've got lots of great food as well. And then uh, Earl Giles will be doing Earl a Whirl this year. And they're having like makers. They have like a whole bunch of makers yeah, in their parking lot. Awesome. And you just walk down and there's like ant- architectural arts is there, architectural antiques. And they've got all these crazy great, you know, uh, studios to also pop into at the same time. So it's a lot of fun. That's what's I'm. I mean, we went last year. We go every year. We're not going this year because I got to get up north, but just a blast. So last year I took, so last year Jay and Baby was home for like the first weekend after, you know, being at college. His first, you know, f- after being a freshman year of college, you yes. know, they come home. If some of you are graduating your kids, be warned. That first return home after being gone for the whole year, even if they've come back to visit, is different. And I remember. Because they're adults in well, their head. And they're like. Yeah, like I don't, Sassy adults. I don't really fit here, and I'm like, because um, I don't know what you mean by that. But like, do you remember when Megan came home and she was talking about Kansas all the time, and we're all like, "Gosh, Megan," I'm like, "You're even on the edge of that, but you're just talking to me." <laughs> and then we, I dragged him around Art of World, and he was just like so emo, and I just had this big puppy behind me that I was just dragging through the festival. And we kind of laughed, obviously, at the end. And I was like, I won't ever make you do that again. <laughs> and then this year, of course, he's not coming home. So I don't know. He's going to call you, though. He's going to be like, did you go to Art of World? I know. Well, because I did buy some great art last year at it. and Yeah, so then, we bought tons of stuff, too. Yeah, I love it. I love supporting local artists like that when I can. Yes. I have a little spare cash. I want to get something. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not to like most. I don't understand why people don't have more art in their houses. Well, I think I will tell you because I will say that I think there's a couple things. One, people are afraid that they don't know what art is. It's what whatever is, you like. That's yeah, the beauty. That's not really it. And it's then, not words on a screen printed canvas. It's that not you live, get from laugh, love. Fly. I'm just saying that. <laughs> and live. I'm going to just say that. I'm not even going to feel bad about saying that. No. Because I have a few. Cabin is my happy place. Yeah. We don't skinny dip. We chunky dunk. I've got, you know, a few. <laughs> But generally, that's not art. No. And so, but then they're afraid of a, and then they're afraid of like either overpaying or underpaying for something that isn't worth it. Art is whatever your value is. I know. I'm the person that spent $750 for a 
light up plastic ice cream cone that's painted by my friend Kai Aaron's and my nieces. It's their favorite story because, of course, we bought it at Art World yeah. and we'd had a few and we ran into our friend Kai and no ma- we have a lot of his art, but it's art to us because he made it and we love him and we think he's clever. And they're like, you spent $750 for a light up ice cream cone. Yeah, like, yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and I feel great about it every time I look at it. That's friends. right. Right. And that's the thing, though. And I think. They people don't know how to trust themselves. They don't know how to trust the scene. They think they're supposed to buy art that is meaningful. And yet most of the time it's just, again, something that has struck you and makes you feel something. There's a lot of those paintings in the Northrop King that there's some great. There's a couple artists there who I really actually still follow what they do. And I love it, and I I can't afford it. I mean, it's like five thousand dollars for a sure. painting. But someday you could admire, and someday I will. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I hope I hope so. But the other thing is, I think people are also they wonder. You know, I mean, it is a budgetary thing. Not a lot of you know. They wonder about they won't be able to spend money because they yeah. want to do other things. And I totally think you have to be in whatever kind of space you get to pick it. Yeah, art is whatever it is yeah. to you. My friend Marjorie Franson. Do you remember we did that event? where we had to come together and she made out of fabric my 10 pounds of fat that I'm continually gaining and losing. No. Do you remember this? Uh-uh. It happened at uh, Minnesota Textile Center about probably 10 years ago. I don't know. It was an event and we collaborated. Anyway, she's a fabric artist and she's got these just wild rooms full of fabric that sort of vomited on itself. And yeah. it's like flowing and on top of each other and complicated and... I just love her stuff. Um, there was, there's a couple young new artists in this area that have um, started doing these hook rugs. Do you remember like I in love the seventies? Oh, I made them. Are yeah, you kidding? Right. But this, they're doing these beautifully textural and wildly like, oh, I want you know, one. colorful and, and meandering yeah. installations that are basically hook rugs. Love and it. I just think about them like, remember when we had that little tool in the string yeah. and we just did this. It like, was pop, very pop, pop, methodic. Pop. Yeah. And it's these. I want to do that again. You should look. It's at. I, Let's you and I go and do a rug hooking class. Okay. Come on. We can do it. It'd be fun. Yeah. Let's hook some rugs. All right. So this is not how I thought we were going to start <laughs> so off the show. So this is the art show. Uh, we this got is, a lot to talk about today. We do. I ate a lot out today and I've got today? some feels. Or not today. I've eaten out a lot this week and okay. I got some feels. Uh, when we come back, uh, Steph's got ramps. Ramps. Summer training is now in session at the YMCA with free fitness assessments from certified personal trainers who focus on real strength and real goals for a more realistic summer, like the endurance it takes to put sunscreen on a squirming child. No! Okay, stop running. I have to get your ears. Don't go in the sand! No! Come on. Learn more at ymcanorth.org. Now we have to start all over. Welcome back to Weekly Dish, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful Saturday. It is ramp season. Ramps. I don't know why we say that. We do that. Every, I mean, we've done that for like 20 years. It's the same reason why when I say bars, I say bars. <laughs> do you think dishes are like, oh my God. No, stop. dishers, no. Dishers, no. It's the non-dishers that are like, who are these who weirdos? Are these weirdos. So if you don't know what ramp season means, ramps are a species of wild onion. Okay. I mean, it's basically like these cute little wild onion. It's like a cross between an onion and a garlic. Almost looks like a lily of the valley. It kind of does. And in fact, I might have pulled up a few lily of the valleys being like, oh, wait, no, (laughs) not not a ramp. Um, But they basically um, they're in the um, let's call it the allium tricot. 
Holcomb family. They're alliums, which is, yeah. that's an onion thing. Um, so they, and they grow wild and they grow wildly in, you know, sort of uh, areas that are kind of loamy, I think is the way to describe it. Sort of lo- like loamy, sort of loose and moist uh, dirt next to maybe some um, trees. <laughs> But they're basically foraged. A lot of people forage for them. and um, But there are some people who cultivate them. I mean, there definitely are some now that are being cultivated. Uh, and um, you can find them in Lake Winds. Uh, you can find them at the farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. Both the farmer's markets put pictures up of ramps. So they're, they're around. They're these broad green leaves, and then they go into a little skinny purpley stem, and then the bulb. All of it is edible. You can eat the entire thing. And you can do it in different ways, right? Now, just this week, I noticed that the chefs are starting to play with the ramps. Yes. So I sent you the burger. Yeah. Like the guys at the backdoor burger bar over by um, <clears throat> Mr. Paul's, they have a ramp burger where they have big swaths of leaves of the ramps on them. And people pickle them. I had some pickled in a dish yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I had a ramp pasta salad at Marty's Deli. And that was just your basic corkscrew, like pasta salad, like a little creamy pasta salad um, with the slices. They had like these little like, you know, she had like little quarters or little bits mm-hmm. of ramps there. I'm telling you this. The most important thing to know about ramps, they are wildly flavored. They have a lot of flavor. Like it's pungent. It's a lot. So a little bit goes a long way. So don't think you need to go out and buy a massive bunch of it. So what do you do with your ramps? One of the best things I love to do and have done in the past, and I do have some ramps in my fridge right now. I happen to run into my friend Paul, who handed me a bag of ramps, and he's sort of like secret forager guy. I like it. Yeah, he brought them to Andrew Craft at Bungalow Club, so I'm sure that there's ramps on his yeah. menu for sure. Um, but uh, my Golden Fig has them too. Do they really? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And you can kind of ask around too. I mean, like you can look around and you can kind of see where who's got them. And most of the chefs will... If there's ramps on a menu, they probably have got them from some like a forager or something mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, um, the big one thing that I'm going to do with the ones that Paul gave me is to do this ramp salt, which turned out to be really, really good last year when I did it or two years ago. But I still had it up until I mean, I had it like almost through summer. Our other Stephanie has a whole thing on her Insta about she does? ramp salt. Oh, my God. <laughs> she just did it. Oh, great. Yep. OK. So what how did- do you make ramp salt? So. I basically pulse it in. I pulse ramps the whole thing. You know, I cut the little hairy ends off. But then, actually, I cut the white part off for the for the ramp salt. Okay. So I do the purple and the green, and I pulse the stem or also the leaf. The leaf. Okay. Yeah, and I pulse that in the food processor. Okay. And then I throw in just a couple, a bunch of cups of salt, like a lot of kosher salt, salt or yeah. regular salt. I do, I do, I do kosher salt. Okay. And I don't care if you're doing Morton's or if you're doing, you know, diamond crystal, whatever. And then I just keep pulsing until it's mixed. Right. And then does it look green then? It's green. Okay. It's bright green. And then I usually, um, sort of like spread it out for a little bit and let it kind of dry up a little bit. And then I break it up again and then I just seal it in a jar. Okay. That's all I do. It's that easy. You could probably just leave the jar open too. Yeah. But spreading it out will evaporate. Yeah, I kind of let it sooner. like the moisture go away uh-huh. and I just sort of like let it sit on the on parchment paper like, like on yeah. my stove for yeah, the day yeah. and then I put it in a jar and it fe- and it's like it basically keeps for Yum. for the entire summer. Love. And it's got that like 
like like when you think you want to add garlic to something, but you don't really want to mess with so much garlic mm-hmm. in it. You don't want to put chunks in it. You don't really want to cook a garlic to make it. This is what answers that need. So like I'm going to make for Memorial Day, I'm going to make uh, my blue cheese bacon potato salad. Mm-hmm. And instead of having garlic chunks in there, I'm just going to hit it with ramp salt. Okay. And I'm all here for your ramp salt. Just so you know, <laughs> you if you've some? got spares. Okay. I'll get you a little jar. Little jar. Uh, yeah, I love herb salts. I just think they're so versatile. They're great yeah. for gifts. You can use them all year long. They never go bad. Right. So let's talk about pickling because you can definitely pickle them. And I wouldn't pickle the, the green leaves. I would only pickle the purple and white parts and chop those off and do this. This is what I was thinking about, too. I had bought some oysters from Brookie's the other day. And I don't usually like anything but lemon on my oysters. But because I have these ramps, I was thinking, God, if we if I did like almost like a mignonette, Yum, you know, which is just shallots, but I could do shallots and ramps in there. That would be a perfect thing. That's not pickled, but that's like that's the first step. And then I think pickling them would be kind of that same idea of just treating them in like a quick pickle with refrigerator with vinegar in the fridge. When you make a quick pickle, what do you do? Um, I, I think it's just that like you mix your water or your brine, you do your quick brine, which is just I do two to one. You do two to one? Two to vinegar, one to sugar. To and water. I don't always do water. You don't depending. do water. Sometimes. I don't depends do that much on sugar. how much I try to use less sugar. Yeah. And then it doesn't get as tangy without sugar. And I'll be honest. If you're feeling yeah. like, oh, I don't want to use sugar, it's it literally is it's not gonna be sweet. It just helps bring out the tang of the vinegar. And it takes the bite of the vinegar away but still leaves the vinegar taste if that makes any sense i think yeah it makes and it i've all you know if anyone's gonna take sugar out of something it's gonna be me yeah and it's been a fail yeah. in most occasions you just gotta get that sugar in there to balance the acid yeah i just usually use like and i have to look back so i don't have like a off the cuff thing but it is totally like you know some vinegar some water not that much and a little bit of sugar you heat it up just to make it all mm-hmm. beautiful and then you pour it over your quick little things and then you stick them in your jar and you put them in the fridge mm-hmm. and you let them sit there for a little while. Just the same thing as like red onions. This is like not a medical show, clearly, <laughs> but I just wanted to tell you, I got up to the lake last weekend and I still had refrigerator pickles that I'd forgotten about at Hilltop that are from last summer. Cucumbers that I refrigerated in not a processed brine, just really a salt and vinegar solution in the re- and sugar in the refrigerator that had been in there since last September. Wow. They were fantastic. Wow. They're still great. Oh my God. So that's crazy. Yeah. Cause but pickling I, is preserving. That's the whole point. And I've been pickling and canning. I'm terrible at canning pickles. I can can other things, but the pickles never turn out. I'm solidly just going to do refrigerator pickles for the rest of my life. Yes. Not going to waste my cucumbers on canning anymore. Okay. It's a, I'm just like, okay, this is almost a year later. Yeah. We are eating these right out of the refrigerator. They're yeah. crunchy. They're delicious. I'm done. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me, let's, I want to talk about storing ramps. Like sure. when, if you're buying them at the grocery store, don't yeah. just throw them into your, you know, drawer. Um, if you get them, I would say that what, and this is how mine came to me, but they're gently wrapped in uh, sort of damp paper towels mm-hmm. and then sealed in a plastic bag. In an in air and air tight container and then put it in the fridge. I wonder if you could, I probably shouldn't say this out loud because if it's wrong, it's wrong. But like how you do chives or how you do like green onions, because they've got that little, the little roots at the bottom of the, like, could you put them in a little water and I they wonder. would like stay? Maybe. 
I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. Okay, we'll try. Someone try it. Uh, two other really great uses for ramps are ramp butter. And I did just get a bunch of butter. Uh, some really good high fat cultured butter. Did you buy it or are people bringing you butter too? And who are these friends? I know. I wish, I wish they were. I was at the cheese competition that oh. we're going to talk about later. But I did get some some secret butter from them. Secret cheese secret butter. Secret cheese butter. <laughs> and I'm going to put a bunch of ramps in there and make oh, ramp butter out of that. And that'll last forever, too, in the yeah. freezer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still eating chive butter from last spring. Yeah, I love that, that you can do that. Yeah. And then pesto. Guys, you can easily make mm. pesto out of those greens. It's perfect for it. And mm. it's sharp. And, you know, you can use whatever kind of nuts you want to do. If you want to use walnuts, you want to use pine nuts, however you want to do it. I, I might like, do that too. I know I need more ramps now because yeah. I want to do all of it. Well, and I haven't found ramps up at the lake, yeah. but I have found watercress. Oh. It's growing in a stream, so I might do a Get watercress, some watercress something. Do the uh, Eric Eastman patented watercress gin. Like he infuses gin with watercress and it's spectacular. Okay, that is what I'm doing. All right, when we come Here back, we I'm sorry, but we have to talk about tipping one more time. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's the hypothetical. Is did you do a Facebook question? Um, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did the question, which is, uh, I think I said, I asked what you are bringing to Memorial Day picnic that will kill it. I want to know like those killer, amazing potluck Memorial Day dishes that are gonna win. Wow, that's what I want to know. That's got rhubarb written all over it, but I there's here's a plethora. Here's what we got. We got a few. We have Kathy Mays, our lovely friend, saying she'll. I'll bring the classic cream cheese topped with my last of my 2022 jalapeno jalapeno jelly. Her, her jalapeno jelly is really good. Um, uh, red bliss potato salad of fresh tarragon and roasted fennel from Susan. Uh, Kari says s'mores on a stick, giant marshmallow dunked halfway in melted chocolate, then rolled in crushed graham crackers, put it on a short skewer. Always a hit. That's awesome. That's cute. That's really cute. Yeah. That's a, like, if you show up at my party with those, I'm going to be like, yeah, you worked hard at it. I yeah. love it. Uh, Allison, our friend says grilled corn salad, cilantro, red onion, lime juice, jalapeno, S and P cumin, sometimes black beans. Always a winner. Always a killer. I love that one. Okay. This is it. Uh, they make different versions of the corn salad, BLT pasta salad, uh, and put up some cute cookie pictures. And then, um, Taryn says I made umami out of ramps. It was so good. What, what is umami? How do you make umami? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe umami salt. Maybe. Um, also for those of you making corn salad, if you're looking for a twist, add a couple tablespoons of fresh grated ginger. Oh, that sounds good. On a microplane. It takes it in a little different direction. That's so great. I like it. Okay. Okay. I hate to like make this the complainy uh, tipping show, but I just feel like it's getting so confusing out there. And I just wanted to let you people know you're not alone. <laughs> Fishers, here's here's my scenario that happened the other day. Okay. And I've been, re- I, I read everything. Like um, the New York Times did a thing about modern tipping, like what we're supposed to be tipping now. Yeah, we did. And that was a good article. I know you talked about it with Alex. But like that was interesting. I was saying that that. Yeah. So my first thought about wanting to talk about tipping happened in Las Vegas the other day where we were at a convenience store getting a bottle of water. It was, I think, a Walgreens even. Mm -hmm. And there was a tip jar. A tip jar. At the cashier. At Walgreens. Yep. Because I'm supposed to tip for buying a bottle of water. Yeah. I felt really 
assaulted by that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and just like, no, I'm not tipping you to stand in line at the Walgreens and buy my bottle of water. Yeah. So that was my first like, huh, that's weird. Then um, Starbucks has added tipping on their app. And they have like 50 cents, a dollar, like they have set amounts. And I'm glad was that, that not before they didn't they have that? did not have it before they have added it within the last I want to say six months. Okay. And I'm glad that they have it because it was very awkward to actually be at a barista where you feel like there should be a tip involved and then there wasn't and you're digging in your purse and that was just not a great experience. So FYI, they now have tipping there. Then I went to uh, I went to a number of restaurants this week. Okay. And I'm not going to say which one this is because it will reveal something. As I was at the restaurant, one of the servers I knew, and her name, we'll call her Beth. And Beth said, hey, you know, I'm so glad to see you. It's great. It was a new place. Loved it. We get to the end, and it's the tipping time, and there's no tip line on the bill. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay. This I said, Beth, does that mean that your percentage is included here? She said, well, yeah, there is 21% included in the bill. Yeah. Okay. And I said, so that's your tip. And she goes, well, not exactly. And I said, oh, so is that a portion of your tip or how are you guys, are you splitting with the front and the back of the house? And she said, well, 11% goes to the service folks, front and back of the house. The other 10% goes to wages, medical care, if you qualify. And there's like a continuing education program credits you can apply for as an employee And then there was one other thing that I don't remember what it was. And I was like, wait a second. So you're only getting 11% of this tip. No, she's getting wages. You heard the wages part. She's getting part of that. Potentially a portion is wages, but also like the minimum wage right now for a server. Did you ask what her wage was? It was $17. Yeah. That's the minimum wage. No, it's not. Um, I think it is. Not yet. Well, it's real close if it's yeah, not no, right no, now. No. It's, okay, we're going to look it up. Yeah. If anyone knows, feel free to tweet it or whatever. It's, yeah, it's not quite. But so I thought this is really misleading because I wanted to honor her service and I anticipate that she will tip out or not or whatever in the back of the house. And I don't mind sharing a tip pool. Minimum wage is $10.59 an hour. Okay, but it's. It's got to, I mean, even Target is minimum wage is $15. Oh, I know. I'm I'm just. Okay. You're like, giving me facts. Yeah. I get it. And so I'm, what I'm saying is that people are, it's moving in a very processed manner to get to the $15 an hour. There's like these steps per yes. year that it goes up. Okay. So fifth, but no one, the, the, that's exactly the point. No one is making just 15. They're making 17. Right. So I guess I felt like. And she's getting also healthy insurance, it sounded like. No, you had to, like, you have to have a certain amount of hours. Which, right. Here's the bottom line. I guess. The bottom line is the way that's presented to the customer is that this goes to the service pool. And the way that in reality it happens. Well, in this restaurant. Yes. It is subsidizing the restaurant's paying of wages and benefits that they feel like they want to pay for their employees. But that should be clear. You, If you're going to do that in an industry that is primarily tip-driven, to say it's 21% and it's included and not even have a tip line feels disingenuous. Mm. It feels like you should say 11% of this goes to the I don't really service care. pool. I don't care. I don't want to so, know. But then you don't feel obligated to give more, do you? 
Uh, if there's no tip line, I'm I'm kind of beyond the fact that I have to do this math to figure the percentage of this yes, woman's wages I know. and her her monies and where does she get what and how many hours has she worked and does she have another exactly. job and what does the back of house make because if he's exactly. if they're making under what you're making and then if they're I don't I don't want to do all of that work exactly. I just don't and I would love to take care of them and I would love for there to be a thing. Uh, I would love to carry cash if that makes me feel better so that if I really did love, I knew I was going to a place that was only, you know, this, yep. then I would love for them to be able to do that, to give, you know, the money on my own. I don't love a tip line. I don't love a tip line when you have given me a percentage because then normally I'm adding a tip on top of the already percentage. It's such a cluster right now. Yeah. And I don't think, and like you said, I, I did the same thing where I was standing in line. I grabbed a a thing of bread i was standing in line and i walked up to the i was stood in line and walked up to the counter and there was a you know to ring on my one bread and then it was like they there's a tip line there right. and i was like that's ridiculous and why did like in any other business like when you go and buy a t-shirt at a store mm-hmm. you're not expected to subsidize the wages of the screen printer the person who sewed the shirt the person who's stocking I mean, you, the shirt you always are anyway you are it's just it's just built into the price it's it's everything we do subsidizes everything you buy from someone subsidizes the entire and, operation. And it's just in the American system. We've delineated it so that you are it, it gets broken out differently for one set, one part of the employees. And when we talked about a $12 burger and, you know, food costs being so high, I get all this. But I'm telling you, uh, burgers aren't $12 anymore. Like w- the food parity and the cost of food has gone up immensely. And I'm fine with that. I know food is expensive and I know restaurants have to can't just subsidize the difference. But I just feel like we're still in this place where in every other industry, wages are subsidized by the employer, by the cost of goods. Correct. And why are we acting like that isn't what is going on here? Because that is what's going on here. Well, it's I, yeah, I guess I'm, I think of it so differently than this, because here's the other thing is they're not allowed to, you know, a tip is not allowed to be controlled in Minnesota by the government. I've said this many, many times, so they can't. But it's also not counted as wage. So it's not they're not it's not counted as a, a, a tipped server's wage. And so when they're talking about subsidizing wages, there's this weird part where in this American tradition, there's all of this money being handed to one part of your employee's team and nobody else. One employee I get gets that, all yeah. of this money and they're saying, and then it's like, nope, you've got to figure out the wages for everybody. And then yet, have a pool. That's and not illegal. Clear. It's not legal. Well, what they say, it's not legal. And it, then they still collect for the house. You can do a service. That's And they call it a service fee. What I'm telling you is the service charge is the pool. Yes. So that's what that is. I get it. Okay. But then if you are the a company that right. takes a percentage out of the pool. But that's to pay the wages of everybody. Again, it's confusing. It's not just the server. It's paying the wages of everybody. And so now you think that you're giving Sally a 21% tip and Sally is only getting 11%. Because I guess- the company has decided that they're going to have a service fee but they're going to be the arbiters of how democratic that gets doled out because they're doing the thing that you're saying you want them to do which is to take the wage and be responsible for the wage no i don't want that i want it to be clear for everybody when i go and buy a business card and it's 45 dollars, and someone over here charges 75 dollars 
I look at, oh, it's because it's better paper or the printing process is different or it's higher quality. And I make a decision. Do I want the $44 business cards or do I want the $77 business cards? I don't have to decide about the printer, the man who sold the paper, the sustainable forest. So you just don't want any tip whatsoever. I I either want it built in or let's just move on because you're it's all just a scam. But it is built in with the service charge. That's what I'm saying. And you're kind of like hating it because it's I mean, I'm maybe I'm not understanding that. No, you're understanding it. It to the way that you are understanding it. I get what you're saying. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. So we are, what I am saying is as a consumer, I agree with you. I don't want to be thinking about your wage problems. Right. I want to decide if I'm going to eat at your restaurant. And if I eat at your restaurant and there's a tip line, I will tip. And I think it's incumbent upon whatever you do there to make sure that your people are equitably compensated and paid. That's not my business. That's right. So they, they are installing a service tip so, or service charge so that they can do that with the money that's coming in. Yeah, but it's it's not exactly like in any other industry. I understand You're this. not expected to tip to subsidize a company's wages. You're and it was tipping. because food was so expensive and it was because busboys didn't well, make as much as servers. I would now say Now we have a minimum wage and it's democratized. I would say So this. let's not pretend it's not. I would say this, that you, that no other industry has had the culture of tipping. And that's the thing. This is different. You can't really... You can't compare it apples to oranges because it's it's because no other industry, I mean, has like has this long American history of tipping. Also, I think, too, it's a cultural. Yeah. And I think what comes into this and this is cultural, too, that like everyone should be able to eat out. At some point, like in Las Vegas, you guys, a meal for four people was seven hundred and fifty dollars. Pretty much everywhere. I just was talking about this with Jason. It was real expensive. It is, if you want to go out, that's what it costs. You know what I mean? Like, we're just going to get to the place where maybe we're going to eat out less because we can't afford it. But, you know, like not everything is going to be just this equal pile. And it's it's different. It is different based on quality of food. It's different based on how much food. You know, McDonald's isn't going to be able to charge 99 cents for a burger anymore. We got to take, we got to wrap it up. That's just what it is. We got to wrap it up. All right. We got to go. <laughs> Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Of course, we're still yapping about this. 651-641-1071. We are in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. And just to be clear, like, <laughs> I I just want clarity. I want. I You're one of the many people in America who is very I want to know what to do. And servers, I know, have had the same feelings because, and the thing that I haven't said yet this hour is the thing that is the hardest for me is that we have gone from tipping for service and it's been about you know, historically, it's not great of the, the why tipping was started, but in its heyday, tipping was meant to be um, a, an incentive to provide beautiful, wonderful correct. hospitality, and that was supposed to be given as an appreciation moment. Now, it has turned into an expectation to help bolster wages. wages. These yeah. are the evolutions of a cultural system. All right, Tracy. No, Mary Jo. Hi, Mary Jo. Mary Jo, you're on the line. 651-641-1071. If you want to call in and ask a question, if you want to talk about tipping, didn't mean to hijack the whole thing. I just (laughs) thought it was so weird. Hi, Mary Jo. Well, here's a really weird one. I read a friend's obituary, and at the very end, in lieu of flowers, it suggested they should have a tree planted. And right under that was a line... And under the line, it said gratuity. Oh. <laughs> who, are you, who are you tipping? The grave digger? The minister? 
Boy. <laughs> so, like, you got to click in to do, or you did a thing where you you had to, like, pay for the tree to be planted, and then there was a tip line? No, I, I think I think they were suggesting, I thought they were suggesting you call an arborist and have them plant the tree, but uh, I gather maybe some of the funeral homes wow. can plant the tree, and that would be the gratuity for that Mary person. Joel, that is that interesting. Is hysterical, Mary I love Joel. the idea of planting the trees, but yeah. then having the tip line from the funeral home. Thanks, <laughs> Mary Joel. I appreciate it. I was shocked. Uh, 651-641-1071. We have Anne on the line, and I think Anne has an actual rhubarb question. Hi, Anne. Hi, Stephanie. I'm making your rhubarb syrup. Okay. And the rhubarb was plentiful at the farmer's market today. I'm wondering how much of the stem I can use. Like, some of it's a little green. All can of it. Just use don't that? use the leaf. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. no leaf, all the some, stem. Doesn't some, matter if perfect. it's green, pink, red. Yeah, because some of them will, like, trend one color or the other. They kind of go ombre on it, and it's all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. No leaves, all stems. Good. All right, Ayan, I hope your syrup's great and that you have a delicious gin and tonic later on. Uh, we have another uh, call coming in that our producer is vetting as we go. <laughs> We have Lily on the line. Hi, Lily. How you doing? Hi, Lily. Do you have a question for us today? We got Lily. No. Uh, I don't know. Okay, try it. Hi. Try it now. Hi, Lily. I you're on the air. Yes. Hi. Hello, girl. Hello. I love listening to you. I'm cleaning. <laughs> and um, anyways, I have a question about like the tipping or rounding off things. You know, if yes. it's four cents or two dollars. But I go to Goodwill yep. and I donate. And um, they want you to round up to, you know, the next day. I'll always yep. ask you to donate. And it's like, I've donated so much. And, and I'm just wondering, because I keep building all these Goodwills everywhere. So I just, I don't know where, I don't see anything where the money goes to. And to me, I heard uh, rumors that the guy that owns it or whoever runs it is probably a millionaire. And so I just, I feel really bad when they say brown it up because I'm a sure. worker. Well, and I, I don't know where my money's going to. Well, you know, go to their it. website because it's they all spelled out there. They are a nonprofit. Yeah. There is no yeah. one millionaire man that owns it. Okay, there okay. There was a founder. <laughs> right. I know I there's a lot rumors of rumors that some guy's making all this money, but these people are working their butts off. And, yeah. you know, and I really love the cost, but I just want to feel better about myself when I go there is um, when I round it off, you know, because sure. I already donate all the, all the time to them. Then and you do you, but... honey, and whatever feels okay. right to you. But yeah. I'm telling you, they are a nonprofit. Okay. They are a legitimate <laughs> concern. Yep. And you can oh, go on okay. their website and see where they donate their money to. Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So that is Lily. Thank you, Lily, for your contribution to the show. Alan. Hi, Alan. How are you doing today? Doing good. Let's, let's chat with you. you. Oh, I have a tipping story. Let's hear it. So I can't remember. This was back when I was in like, like freshman in high school. Okay. There was this new restaurant that opened. And uh, me and a couple of buddies wanted to go try it out, so we did. And when it came towards the end of the service, uh, it was kind of like a you know buffets where you you go up after you're done and then yep. stay at the desk. So it was like that. And they had one of those iPads, yeah, where you could pick the options of tipping. Yep. And the lowest option that they had was either like forty or forty-five, and it just went up from that. And there was no other option to like create your own. Okay. 
Wow. So we were we were all pretty annoyed at that because like that seems egregious. Percentage for a tip. Yeah. Okay. Now, just since I have you on the line, when you go to a buffet, do you tip differently than you would if you have like sit down service? I I used to tip based on the service that I received, but since you know the tipping culture's kind of changed, I kind of try to tip around thirty to thirty five percent. Okay. I feel like that helps. Yeah, Alan, you're a good tipper. I like it because in the day, you know, there was this idea that at a buffet you only tipped 10%. Was I the only person oh, really? that had heard that? Yeah. Well, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard All that right. Before. It must be my cheap friends. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Yeah, thanks. 651 Amanda has a comment. Hi, Amanda. You're live on the program. What can we help you with? Hi. Um, I was just calling about the tip thing as well. Sure. Um, I, so I've been in the service industry forever. And when you were describing the, um, that 11% out of the 21, I started to think about it. Like if you're getting a 20% tip, um, you're tipping out 25 to 30% of that to your service staff anyway. Yep. So I was thinking about that being paired with like a larger or a higher wage. Yep. That was nearly this, like what I would expect. But what it does do is guarantee the tip for the server, even, you know, if you're going to get those groups that just don't understand tipping, right, right. I think it's, it evens you know, it out. it's just a guarantee for that service staff. I think 11% is sitting pretty nicely. An extra is always extra, you know. Amanda, that's great to have that point of view. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Yeah. I did give her an extra 20 bucks for whatever it's worth, <laughs> and so did my dining companion because we liked her. We'll be back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish.